wholeness is about something completely different. It's about truly being who you are and not becoming who you think you should be. And really from a personal perspective, I think this is the ultimate expression of love, loving myself, loving the world and being with it as completely who I am. And that is a deep personal transformation. That's Christiana Sue Scholler. And this is The Emerging Future. Welcome to the Emerging Future Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Joel DeYoung. It's great to be here with you. This is the podcast where we get to learn and gain wisdom from the curious, compassionate, and courageous co-creators of our desired and emerging future. So what is the emerging future, you might ask? Well, we happen to live in a time of great transition. Lucky us, huh? Yeah, it is a radical shift, and it's one of total and all-encompassing change. Some call it the great emergence. And it is affecting and being affected by cultural, economic, political, intellectual, and religious shifts. Did I miss anything? So this emergence is really not something that we necessarily create or invent so much as we name and join. On this podcast, we are participating in the emerging future by gathering with people who have named, joined, and are intentionally attending to the great emergence that is aborning in our time. On today's episode, I have the privilege of talking with Christiana Sue Scholler, who is all in when it comes to aligning with the emerging future and using her gifts to bring wholeness to the world in this time of great transition. Christiana Sue Scholler is a purpose agent, and she's architected her life to support her work and her purpose, which is the manifestation of love in the work we do in the world. Let me repeat that. Christiana's purpose is the manifestation of love in the work we do in the world. Isn't that amazing? And she's energizing her purpose through her roles at a number of for-purpose enterprises that she has co-founded. One of them is ENCODE.org, which liberates purposeful work. And I happened to interview Tom Thomason about six months ago um, about that company. So head back um, and check out Tom Thomason in our conversation about liberating purposeful work. And the other company that she co-founded was Evolution at Work which really focuses on discovering and enabling pathways to wholeness in the workplace. Recently, Christiana intentionally left her home in Vienna to fully embrace her work by going nomad. She went nomad. What does that mean? Well, it means she no longer has a home that she returns to after her trip. So instead, she listens and she responds to where her purpose is needed most next. And she came through Seattle on her way to Japan to lead a workshop on the language of spaces, a tension processing framework for organizations that 
are deliberately developmental and evolutionary. So with love being at the core of Christiana's work, I can't think of a better guest to have on the podcast during this holiday season and to close out the year, year one of the Emerging Future podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It really has been quite a journey, and um, I'm loving it. So more to come in 2018. Yeah, Christiana, she's a beacon. She's a beacon of love and hope and brings warmth and generativity to the people and the spaces she inhabits. So I hope this conversation enables all of us to manifest love in the work we do in the world. Here is Christiana Susholer. That comes naturally for you anyway. What's you that? have a way about just, just starting people off telling stories. <laughs> <laughs> That's just like a, a natural superpower of yours. Thanks. That's awesome. <laughs> That's why this is so fun. But I told you before, yeah. I remember for the first, when we talked the first time, I found myself like bl bl dabbering, blah, 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 telling all these stories and then <laughs> saying, Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> right. We were scheduled for an hour meeting, right? You were in. I was talking for half an hour. You were in Europe. I was over. It was a Zoom. That's right. It was yeah, a Zoom was. call. Yeah. But I remember telling you then already, okay, there's something about you that starts people off telling a story. I guess oh, that's why you have a podcast. I appreciate that. And ever since I've met you, um, I've just, I've so appreciated you as a person and that goes both ways every thank way. you <laughs> all of all of the interactions i mean whether it's via zoom in person um even your email correspondence it's really warm and inviting and it's wow. it it's the quality that you bring to all of these experiences and interactions that uh really makes me want to have more time with you and 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 to learn from you so thanks for Thanks for saying yes to this. <laughs> so now you got me in a spot where I don't know what to say. <laughs> Just thank you. I mean, wow, that's been a really, really warm introduction. So there must be some resonance with the warmth that maybe we bring to the room. And it's particularly um, evident for me this week because I've been having an email um, exchange with someone else that's coming on the podcast. And the interactions were completely different in terms of, yeah, in terms of the openness. And um, <clears throat> so it, it was a delight because we scheduled this like, what, a week ago or something yeah. like that? I mean, it's been- Yeah, very short term. Yeah, short notice. And um, it, it's a surprise to, to be sitting here uh, just one week from our interaction and, and to, uh, to be able to talk about all of your adventures you know, with your, your businesses. So enco.org and Evolution at Work. Yeah. Um, you spent a month in Africa um, working on holacracy. You're a holacracy coach. You're a mother. Mm -hmm. And recently, most recently, and I think this is a good place to kick this off, um, a full-time nomad. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> of, and, and to make that decision at this point in your life is... Um, is interesting and, mm. and I can see the the overlap with you know the work that you're doing it's almost like you're moving into like this fully embodied uh, you know 
purpose agent is what you call it. Yes. Um, yes. But yeah, take me take me into that uh, the process of deciding to become a nomad. Hmm. Um, I can't really say when it started, um, but I've always uh, traveled a lot in my life and uh, always enjoyed it. And it's interesting because often I get asked, don't you get fed up of airports and airplanes? And no, I don't. It's just part of the deal. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, it started, I think it really started with my, (coughs) excuse me, with my engagement um, with ENCODE and then uh, later on with Evolution at Work because it does... um, uh, it does lead to a lot of traveling, and um, I am so inspired to 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 spread the word and to you know bring whatever I can to the world wherever an opportunity comes up. Mm-hmm. So I just create the possibility to go there. Right, <laughs> I just go. Well, well, that's so, yeah, yeah. So you you create the possibility to go there. That's interesting. So are there places <laughs> that you're thinking about where you're going? Oh, I kind of want to go there. So maybe there's some work there for me. Oh, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Going to Japan tomorrow. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. Yeah. So, and uh, Australia is next on my list. Have you been to those places? Uh, no, I've never been to Japan. I have been to Australia. Wow. Right. So, uh, yeah, I. Um, there's, there's just something, that, you know, there's something to be done everywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, of course, it's pool-based, so things come up, and then I just sort of see something out of, or sense something out of the corner of my eye, mm-hmm. and then I just turn towards it, and I guess I just do it. <laughs> yeah. So that's one of the things. Pol- but I mean... Pool-based. Yeah. Th- that's interesting, too. So yeah. so there are these different places, and these people in these places that are interested in the work that you're doing, and they pull you. Yeah, the opportunities pull me, and yeah. of course, there are always people involved. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's something... There is so much happening all over the world in this in the, in this space where my work in the world lives. So I think it's also a thing of having like like a radar, um, um, sensing out for a resonance. Mm-hmm. Kind of that's the way I feel. Um, it's just where is where do I sense where is the need where is resonance where is something like that already happening where can, where is something that those both those organizations can tap into and um connect and um and that's then something comes up mm-hmm. and then it i just go for it <laughs> i guess huh? but that's sort of that's that's my everyday life right now mm-hmm. and um the nomading thing is like so i've been a single mother for 13 years now um and um of course always having a job where you travel a lot that's kind of difficult but i juggled it somehow you have to Mm -hmm. um caring for my son and my son now is 21 and i kind of realized some time ago that it's time to let go sort of good for him and good for me and um we started to talk about i i mean i had this had this big apartment um which was way too big for one is that um, in vienna that's in vienna yes mm-hmm. i'm i'm born and raised 
in Austria, and I've lived uh, most of my life in Vienna, mm-hmm. or whole of my whole life in in Austria. But I've always been traveling so much <laughs> that it like seems, you know, a place where I spend most time. Right? Yes, mm-hmm. it's home. And um, when I started to actually connect to that thought of going into this new phase where your kid doesn't live with you anymore. Um, I have to say it took me quite a while. Mm-hmm. It took me about a year and a half. I've been kind of, you know, it's been there, this thought of actually you travel so much. You can be, I am at home wherever I go by, you know, making myself at home. Um, but then it was this kind of letting go, which really took a while. Then talking to my son about him moving out, getting his own place, finding a roommate. Um, he's in university. And uh, so uh, that all took a while. And I have to say, I think the final draw or the final, the final, okay, now that's clear, was when the Africa opportunity came up and I knew I was just going to be gone for a month in Africa and then I knew what the fall was going to look like, which is now, Mm -hmm. that I was just going to be gone so much. Uh, Why the hell do I need an apartment? I'm never long enough. I'm never there long enough. And now with my son moving out and and suddenly it became completely clear. This is what I want now. Okay. And then... Here I am traveling for just a couple of months between, you know, Netherlands, Spain, USA, um, Japan, back to the USA, <laughs> back to Austria for Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It, it's interesting. Um, so much of what informs our way of being is a place, right? It's a, it, it comes from the land. And... I mean, even the, the indigenous peoples, they, they talk about, you know, how the land informs us. And um, I'm curious what that, that, that notion does for you as you are almost landless, you know? Mm. So, um, because you said that you make a home uh, wherever you go. And you have, a, like, a deep-rooted sense of belonging that allows you like belonging in a in a in a global sense mm-hmm. you know which is different than a particular place so i don't know what does that mean to you i love the question i've never looked at it that way so i think in a way i'm still sort of at home in austria in vienna especially with you know my family and my son being there <coughs> but um, there is a, there's that just that sense of knowing that, you know, whenever I need to, I can always go back there, but I don't need to be there mm-hmm. because my need to be somewhere is very directly connected to what I do. Mm-hmm. And when I, wherever I go, I know it is because of something that I am going to do, which to me is important. And that's really the shift that has happened. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just, you know, it's like I did always travel, but it was like going somewhere, going back, 
going somewhere, going back, yeah. going somewhere, going back. And this going back seemed to be naturally important and the way to go. And the, sh the, the, the shift in, in how I look at it right now is the going back isn't, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't necessarily have to be part of it because where do I go next in order to do something that is important for me, inspiring. And when I say for me, it's sort of my personal purpose and the purpose of the organizations I work, I work for and I contribute to. So I, I had a conversation lately with my sister. Um, and it's like, you know, it's just really for me is what I do is just what makes me happy. So mm -hmm. this is the life I lead right now. And it's, it's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. And when you were going back, you're going back to your son. Yes, of right? course. And I'll be continuously be doing that, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm continuously going to go back. Um, and I, I really miss him. Mm -hmm. I realized the other day we were talking on the phone. And when I put, when we, I mean, we were talking on whatever, Zoom or whatever. And um, having a chat, and when I put down the receiver, uh, when we when we th when I turned off the, <laughs> the the computer, I was like, really sort of tears welling up, and yeah, I do miss him. Mm -hmm. um, and this is still very fresh, right? Yeah. I mean, we just he just moved into his apartment in the beginning of October, and uh, with the, with all the moving and the hassle and the getting rid of stuff. I mean, I've got rid of so much stuff. You have no idea. Mm -hmm. I've just reduced it to one closet and one room that I rent in my sister's apartment. Okay. So, um, <coughs> yeah, the going back now is mainly seeing my son. What does your son think of it? Having a homeless mother. <laughs> well, he's kind of used to my <laughs> my, my sort of way of looking change. at things. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of mixed in the moment. It's quite mixed with the pleasure of having his own place and the fears of having his own place and having to take care of everything. You know, hotel mama's not there anymore. Right. <laughs> so, but I think he's, I think he's pretty okay with it. Um, yeah, I'm not sure whether he misses me uh, right now in the sense that I miss him. Mm -hmm. It's just the process of letting go of your child. Mm -hmm. um, but there's only so much letting go that can happen. Right. I mean, he's always there. <laughs> so, yeah, I miss him. Yeah. You know, but I have another month to go and then I'll be back and I'll see him. Yeah. So, you know, he's doing OK. I talk to him. Do you travel yeah. with him at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, God. I've traveled with him so much. Oh, he loves it. Uh, yeah, he's... Oh, God. It, from smallest childhood on, he's been a travel kid. Oh, we traveled different places. Off Africa, America, in an RV for weeks. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. He loved it. Oh, we went, you know, you name it. Sicily, Rome. So he gets it. Whatever, yeah. It's not, he, he knows... He knows the travel bug, right? Oh, yeah. He's experienced different places. So. Absolutely. And I'm sure I'm going to travel with him again, you know, maybe not for months, but for maybe a week or two. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know what's going to be good for him. But, yeah, he's awesome to travel with. He loves it. Does, he, is he going to meet you anywhere? Maybe. Yeah. But yeah, maybe. 
So right now he's in university. is pretty busy. Right, he, has so he has to stay to, there. Has but to to maybe next summer, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He was a young boy when he uh, he he was never happy to go to school. So. <laughs> like his mother right yeah more the practical <laughs> kind of person <laughs> but he said to me I don't know how old he was I think he was 12 or something like that he said mommy why can't I travel the world and learn from all different cultures instead of having to go to school I was like oh my god <laughs> did you just say that mm. Well, I said, I wish I could make it possible for you. Right. It's just not the way our systems work. Right. Unfortunately. It's a great question. How old was he when he I got? think he was 12, 12. 11 or 12. Really young for that kind of question. Yeah. But also, of course, he'd been traveling already a lot mm -hmm. um, and had already experienced. I don't know. We've been to different places. Mm -hmm. um, how do you recover from travel? You know, because when people travel a lot, they they tend to um, get depleted, right? There's the different time zones, and and maybe it's different for you. M my my neighbor travels quite a bit globally. He's always gone, and and he, and when he comes back, he's always exhausted. And uh, what do, what does recovery look like for you? Um, it it's interesting. It's it's different. I'm rarely really exhausted. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but I think I'm probably not really consciously taking care enough of myself. <laughs> but so far, I'm fine with it. Um, but what I do do is I try and sleep enough. Mm -hmm. So when I go, um, you know, with the time zones, I, I, I really, I, I mean, I really try to get enough sleep. So I'll probably be taking some melatonin or something like that mm -hmm. to <clears throat> to make sure that I do get s sleep enough. Mm -hmm. And it depends in which direction you travel. It's easier right. to travel west, not so easy to travel uh, east. So I you, you know, you start of, you kind of learn to, to to get a rhythm and overcome the tiredness when you come east, when you come west to stay up and then, you know, not you know, you, you learn your kind of mm -hmm. ways of how to deal with time changes. And, um, yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah, sleep, right? Sleep. And what I don't do enough is move. When I travel, mm -hmm. I don't, um, it's just, but I'm starting, I'm being inspired by all these people walking 10 and 20,000 steps a day. So yeah. <laughs> I've been, I've been, I have a colleague who's really awesome about that. My friend here is doing that. So I'm really inspired. I did 16,000 steps on Saturday. So, all right, so you're starting to track that a little I'm bit. starting to track <laughs> that because I think it's awesome to, you know, you have, have a lot of friends who do that. So you just exchange, how many did you do today? And so I'm going to try and, you know, just in the morning, um, get some of that because it's really really helpful just to go out in the air and just walk mm -hmm. um i yeah i think that's going to be something that i'm going to start doing now yeah i've come to appreciate walking a lot uh -huh. more too um you know a few miles you think you got to get there you know in two minutes but if you just walk there you yeah you're in a better state of mind when you get oh, there yeah. if, if you can create that space between oh, yeah. I've given up my car a long time ago and just, you know, using public transportation is just, it automatically gets you to more walking, mm -hmm. but that's not 
what I mean. It's like, you know, just going out for the, you know, time to contemplate, time to just be in healthy movement out in the air and trying not to think too much about stuff that might be bothering you. You said that you walked around Seattle a little bit. Mm -hmm. Where did you go? Uh, actually, we walked from South Lake Union to all the way here, down, whatever. I just followed my friend. We walked. It was actually awesome um, because it was, yeah, it was Saturday. It wasn't as full, and I really like this downtown area right yeah. here. So. Yeah, Pioneer Square, <coughs> yeah. the older buildings, and um, yeah, it's... Yeah, we walked, and I... I I don't know. It was like something like eight miles or even something. I wow. don't know. Yeah, it was a really long walk. Yeah. Did you go to any parks? Um, no, not this time. Um, I went to this. See, I always go with someone. I don't know the names of the places. Right. <laughs> but there's this park somewhere along the water where we, there are some museum and some bigger the art museum up, the art the myrtle museum. edwards down on the well, somewhere down there yeah, yeah north of anyway. the piers there yeah that's a nice area yeah that was last time i was here so okay yeah and then i did walk some in west seattle and you know it's just along in the park what's the name of the park you just lincoln mentioned? lincoln park. park right yeah that's and gorgeous stuff like that yeah do you ever get on the ferries and get out to the islands i did yeah yeah I did to um, Bainbridge, yep. and then I, I drove down to Olympia and been around there, mm -hmm. and the Olympic, what is it, Olympic Peninsula? Yeah. Right. Um, that's beautiful down there. Yeah, yeah, I went on a hike with a friend of mine um, in September. I, I, I saw that on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. It was, we did uh, 16 miles the first day and, and then walked out the, the second day, so it was it was quite awesome. a trek for mm -hmm. those of us who aren't in shape to do that. <laughs> when you put on a... 16 miles a day is pretty good. 16 with a backpack uh -huh. going uphill. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> we did it. It was worth it. I did Mount Kilimanjaro. Oh, my <laughs> word. Three really? Three and a half years ago. Yeah. Yep. Wow. That's one of those things I'm really proud of. Did you have to camp up there or what is... Well, of course. It's you do. like a seven-day tour. Is it really? Oh, Yeah. You go up five days and down two days, and that's the hard part. I tell you, anytime I do the five days uphill again, yeah. if I have, if I get <laughs> myself in shape again, but the two days down is just the killer. It just kills your knees. You walk, it's right? Just, but anyway, I did it. That's amazing. Yeah, that was quite amazing. I've yeah. seen so many pictures of that mountain. Never yeah. seen it with my own eyes, though. Oh, yeah. I, w I went to Africa, uh, actually with my son, uh -huh. on a safari. And uh, we did one evening. We stopped uh, in a place where the s looking at Mount Kilimanjaro, the sun going down behind the mountain. And I knew, okay, I want to go there. Wow. <laughs> so that was many years back. And then three and a half years ago, I did it. And then you did. What's the, the pull to Africa for you? Huh, that's interesting. I uh, The first time I was there, I, there's just something in the energy of that land. I don't know what it is. Um, and then I also, you know, there's things are so different. Mm -hmm. um, and then I knew I wanted to go back. Uh, the Kilimanjaro thing was, number one, I found it intriguing. I mean, I'm not a big mountaineer kind of person. <clears throat> I like 
hiking, but not climbing up high mountains. So this was a, like a can I do it <laughs> kind mm -hmm. of thing, and I did. So, um, but it's um, it was part of a of a social project. I had to raise a lot of money uh, in order to actually be able to go along, to mm -hmm. be taken, to support a community of displaced, internally displaced people. <clears throat> so that was sort of the purpose-driven kind of thing again, um, supporting these people. And um, being there, meeting these people, again, there is something about that, I don't know, it, there's a, it, it triggers a curiosity for me. Mm -hmm. And then I also think that sometimes I think this a lot, really big parts of Africa have been robbed of their natural development mm -hmm. because of history, because of Europeans, you know, the colonialization. Is that the right word? I think so. Yeah, colonization. Um, yeah, I'm going to try and correct you and say incorrectly. Colonization. Colonization. Yeah. Okay, so the colonization and you know the riches that this continent has and being robbed of it and then this whole. I mean, I just. I don't know. I think what does it take for um, the natural something emergent, really sort of evolutionary, be able to happen. I don't know whether it still is, but it's intriguing to be there. And especially my trip this year <coughs> with where I was really actually really working together with people, getting to know them mm -hmm. uh, personally, be with them, which is different than just visiting and going on a safari. I mm -hmm. mean, also, I mean, climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, we were a group of all, you know, Europeans, Americans, New Zealand. Um, so, and we had lots of people, local people with us, but it wasn't the time to get to know people because you were hiking up a very high mountain. Right. So, um, but this time I was really, you know, I spent like a really a thorough month working with these people and, and many people who have, I mean, all of them have had histories and, um, um, a destiny which is like you would think no chance to ever have a life which is you know somehow fulfilling and these young people they get this opportunity and they just go for it and then they really um, there's such a um, I, I don't know what the, what the word is there's such a a belief um somehow created in that program that they go through there uh, that you know they say okay well our life so far hasn't you know hasn't been really awesome but what can we do what can we learn from that mm -hmm. in order to support others to maybe have a better life and that's what you know they tr the, the, the people there are all working on getting involved on you know making things better um being really engaged with all sorts of things. And, um, and I mean, there is that there as much as it is everywhere else in the world. Maybe and, uh, more vivid, though. And it's more, um, it's, it's so, um, yeah, vivid. I it's, it's really hard. I'm struggling for the words. It's, um, it's just very impressive. Because people coming from, I know, numerous rapes, being thrown out of um, 
orphanages, having, you know, being left in the street by a 14-year-old mother that just can't care for you, and you're just kind of left there. Um, uh, from war zones, um, people from the Congo who have lived in a refugee camp for three years and then suddenly heard about this place and said, okay, I'm going for it, and then building something similar in the refugee camp that they were in for for years and had absolutely no, nothing to look forward to. And then there's just tiny one little opportunity and they just go for it. And mm. um, and then they, they, they really, and they learn and they are just so eager to learn. You know, it's that's also one thing is, you know, learning is not a commodity there. It's mm. just, um, you know, you go through school, yeah, but it that doesn't give you, that doesn't give you any opportunities necessarily so what is it you need to learn in order to create your own life that's what they do and that's just amazing the problems you described are so real oh yeah i mean they're so felt and i think about your work you know Mm. and you you talk about uh the emerging qualities that you're trying to realize um, in, in the business sense. And so you're traveling around, you're doing workshops, mm. and you work with these different businesses. But going to a place like Africa, um, when you, you describe the scenarios of the people that are coming to those, in contrast to maybe the people who are going to come to your workshop today, this, <laughs> this afternoon, right? Yes, right. I mean, it's a, it's a completely different level. Right, like it's a it's a it's a mindset because the people who are coming in here have the privilege of coming to a workshop in the middle of the day to learn something, right? And you're talking to people who um, don't have anything; they don't have any opportunity. But what you're <laughs> you're experiencing is this underlying emerging hope that they are. Uh, they're excited to uh, participate in that with you and they're excited about your presence there and and to just take that um whatever it is even if it's small and and -hmm. participate in what is happening so i'm i'm trying to in my mind just uh compare the different the different worlds that you're talking about I just interesting. I've actually never actively thought about looking at these differences. Mm-hmm. And the moment you talk about the differences, I was thinking about what are the similarities. That's great. <laughs> so yeah. Not saying yes, but it's the both. Yeah. So what are the differences and what are the similarities? I think the differences are just simply the circumstances. Mm-hmm. It's. Um, I mean, those people that I worked with in Africa were people who are already taking their life into their hands. So they're in a way privileged, not by their life, but by their own decision to do something about it, which of course is not, you know, it's not everybody down there takes their life act has, or even gets the opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. So in that way, when I worked with the people down there, it wasn't that much different um, with the work that I did other than those people were really eager to take from the work that we did together uh, into how does that 
helped me really further take my life into my own hand and mm. create my own opportunities. So that was the really overwhelmingly beautiful, amazing part of that. Mm -hmm. These people asking, you know, asking so many questions, being so um, concentrated on how can I use this in order to really, you know, be responsible for my own life and move things forward. For th that was amazing. So in that way, <coughs> I get. I got a lot of that there, and I get a lot of that in other parts of the world mm -hmm. where I work with people. So those are the similarities. Yeah, the similarity. Well, we want something more, and, and we're ready to do it. Right. And so actually the, the work, I might need to go back probably to my own personal purpose mm -hmm. of, of to, to then kind of go into what drives me to yeah, do the I think work that's a, that's, that I do. That's perfect. That's where I, I wanted to go next was to get a little bit of background on um, the path to your purpose and then what your purpose is okay. today. Okay. So let me, uh, I'll first stay with the first question about the similarities and differences. Mm -hmm. I mean, the differences, I, I'm, it's really hard to talk about the differences because mm. for me, when I work um, with people either in a, with my colleagues or with with people in a workshop setting mm -hmm. or in an organizational or even one-on-one -on -one setting to me it's always a mutual exploration so and that is always similar hmm. right so even when i talk about something that the people i talk to might not have heard um it there I, I generally don't i mean it's always i always talk about something that comes from my heart and is important to me um, but I don't ever have the feeling I'm just sort of handing it off and then you know this is for you take it and do whatever it's mm -hmm. I, I immediately become deeply interested in what question does it trigger how does it land with others uh, is there something that you know comes back which will add even more value Mm -hmm. for me uh, or does it create value for others if it doesn't why so it's like this um, continuous exploration mm -hmm. um, and uh, so when I'm invited to do uh, uh, I, you know I like speaking about things but it miss very often it misses this it's 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 like a one-way communication right not that I don't love speaking about what I love right but more in a in a in a sort of when I'm working with people, together with people, it's like this, I, I see it more like a continuous flow of right. something. Because there's right. a there's an, an energy flow, right? an energy exchange. Yeah, that's the word, yeah. Um, if you're speaking and there's no response, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. it just kind of goes out there. So you need, and and I think that you're uh, you're talking about relationship, right? right? You're talking about relationship, and not not necessarily like coming with a program that you're implementing necessarily. It's it's like we're working on this. This is the context, and and but this is going to be um, a mutual exchange and a learning experience that's going to take us to new places. Yeah, that's the way. Yeah, that's the way I, I, I like to work. And mm -hmm. it's actually, now that I think of it, it I mean, if it's a speaking, I, I, again, I'm, I've been invited a few times and I'm happy to do that. And I actually, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing more mm -hmm. of that. And I think 
the issue here is you need to uh, it's the challenge to build relationship even though it is a one-way right. communication so i think that's probably what makes the difference I don't yeah know. and and even uh thinking <coughs> about that um speaking is not necessarily a one-way communication exactly right who right who are the people that um are, are listening and what's the gift that you're going to be able to to bring in that exchange yeah so yeah so it's always a it's always a process mm -hmm. so right yeah so going uh, back to your purpose um you're working on these two organizations and they're for purpose enterprises, right? right? That's what, right. what you describe, encode.org right. and, and Evolution Network. Evolution Network. Um, <coughs> before we talk about those, what mm -hmm. can you just give me a, a path to those mm -hmm. to, to yeah. for, for purpose enterprise? Yeah. Uh, I think that would be helpful for me. I'm curious because I don't know that much about your, yeah. your background before okay. those. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, just give me a sign when this is too long. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know how far back to go. Well, sort of, I, I, well, I just started to work like I guess everybody. I started in, in hotel business, which um, was awesome. I'm always happy to be with people, um, also with being able to speak languages so that was cool that very quickly took me into because of you know my continuous being in communication with people yeah. uh, into marketing and sales and uh, into international marketing and sales I started to travel um, my first job in hotel business um, just to, took me around actually yeah that's when I first got to Australia and okay so to the lots of times to the United States and the whole of Europe and everything so <coughs> That was fun. So work was fun. Mm -hmm. um, after too much travel, moved on. Advertising, that was the next one that I learned and did. I started, yeah. Um, and then I, you know, being sort of the entrepreneurial, I'm, I come from an entrepreneurial family. I just started my own advertising agency. Kind of oh, like, really? Yeah. That's a long way back. So uh, at the same time, I... Um, that was in 1989, <laughs> so really a long time back. Anyway, so at the same time, I moved into my um, our family company, which was like a, a holding uh, business, holding shares in subsidiaries, and after a while took over the CEO position from my dad. Whoa. So I did that parallel for quite a while, um, the advertising agency and the family business. Which is really interesting because I learned a lot there. I mean, I was like the, <coughs> I was like the, what you call a hole in the needle. Um, the hole in the needle. You know where the thread goes through. Yeah. yeah that, whatever. <laughs> so. You were uh, threading between, the needle. I was no. I was like that kind of hole, uh, sort of where decisions got prepared from ownership owners to the CEOs of the subsidiaries, and mm -hmm. it all had to go through me. You're the filter. I was like the 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 the, the, the communicator, the messenger, okay. the prepa the preparer, whatever, sort of juggling the interests of the owners and the CEOs of the subsidiaries. So. I really learned a lot okay. um, in those years, and um, yeah, and then I got married, and um, then eventually my son was born. So I mean, it just got too much. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, 
actually at that time I'd already started to realize that advertising was kind of getting too shallow for me. I started to get much more interested. I mean, this was like all this sort of screaming out to the market, we're this most awesome organization and we have this most awesome product and blah, you know, like, and I started to get interested in what's going on inside the organization because I realized through the communications I had as consulting that, you know, the inside was a really different story. And then I thought, okay, well, I have to, you know, I want to do the sort of the, the, the coordinated internal and external communication. And I then put, okay, holistic communication on my flag. And then suddenly I was supposed to do something about it. And I realized, oops, <laughs> <laughs> I really don't have the skills for that. And then, um, and then I thought, okay, I have to learn something here, and um, thought about studying psychology. Studying was not my thing, really. I'm right. such a practical person, so yeah. Default when you we don't know what to do, go back to school. Yeah, not necessarily nah. the right move, right? But what I did do is I started with NLP training, um, and um, what's that? Neurolinguistic programming. Wow, you don't know that? Oh, no. well, it's let's say it's a it's a communication and change model um, and it's like oh it's it's really an, an old hat I mean it's okay. been around for like 40 years um, some really great stuff um, when it comes to it, it actually really the one thing um, it changed my life in the sense that I started to understand that you know there's not that one reality out there mm -hmm. it's like you know um, the, the, the systemic sort of con constructivistic view of, you know, we all create and construct our own reality. And um, that was like, wait a minute, okay, I see something, I learned this is right. If somebody else says it is wrong, this person is wrong. That's not the way it goes. <laughs> so it, that was really the big shift. And uh, <laughs> it's like, Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. If blue and green don't go together, and somebody else says it does, uh, okay. So that was. The, I mean, it's like. I was I was brought up in a very conservative mm -hmm. kind of black and white kind of world, um, and it just shifted the whole world. Um, and right. That's and a, It's a it, moment it, where you yeah. you experience paradox, right? When two things yeah. are are opposites, but they're both right. I mean, and how do you how do you sit yeah. with that, right? You know, and, and, and I mean, at first it's like, you know, it's like pulling the floor away from yeah. under your feet. Yeah. But then, of course, after I mean, it was like intriguing, and mm -hmm. suddenly I met people on a completely different level, mm -hmm. like people who would ra normally just be sort of you know see someone stamp kind of right. okay like not like kind of yeah not my kind my kind kind of and suddenly it those that just completely vanishes and i started to learn so much mm -hmm. from other people from asking questions and and that was just for me that was a game changer and and then of course i realized okay out of advertising that's not my game and um and in and then you know my then actually my son was born and mm. um that was the next big shift so nothing is the same it's, it's a giant shift <laughs> it's like yeah. whoa and um 
so actually I sort of stepped out of advertising and I stepped out of our family business. Okay. And sort of completely re I don't know, reinvented in my life. At first focusing on being a mother and right. being with my son. And then starting to work with groups. Um, I don't know, it just emerged. I started to work with groups doing communication training mm -hmm. and sort of in on the basis of, you know, having a fight is generally about trying to convince the other that the other's wrong and you're right. And, you know, there's a completely different world out there to deal with that. That's where it really all started. And um, Right, it's <coughs> not a binary universe. Exactly. And, I mean, it was... You know, it's just an awesome thing. But because of the, the sort of the, the the business experience I had, I very quickly got into leadership training, mm -hmm. and I did that for a while, quite a while. I started nationally, internationally. And started. Where were you learning leadership training, or well, I or just, was it you? You embodied it, and well, it started that some company engaged me. Yep. That I've done a communication training, yeah. and then through the feedback and through you know the issues that mm -hmm. I could relate to because of you know having started my own business and been a CEO and mm -hmm. so it just I just suddenly you know these people realized that I could talk the language of people who were going into leadership or who were already in leadership mm -hmm. and so the first leadership trainings I did were pre-designed and like books that thick and I had to read it all and blah, mm -hmm. you know, it's like the profession of being a trainer. But from doing that, I started to realize, hey, wait a minute, not everything in those books is perfect. So I right. started to design my own trainings mm -hmm. and started to do my own trainings and work together with larger um, consulting companies who were systemic organizations development. So I went into organizations development and leadership. So I always had that kind of leadership part in it for quite some years. And um, after a while, I started, and then of course my personal development didn't stop. So right. um, I started, you know, to get into you know mindfulness stuff. I started with meditation. Mm -hmm. I started to um, do, I mean, really get into more of that. I ran into, you know, integral theory. Yeah. Um, being very much involved um, for a while. Just for me, the things is I integrate what I feel needs to be integrated, and then I move on. So, mm -hmm. um, and in some time before the big kind of 2008 2009 crash, I realized uh, this is this is not working. It's like whatever I do is so blissfully useless because I would go in work with groups they would love it yeah. you know leadership teams and then I'd have three or five modules and come back to the second module and it's like you've never ever done anything with these people because they went back into their organizations and the dynamic just sucks them back into same old same old right the culture right? is stronger Exactly, and the the resistance against, um, you know, really um, a different way of 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 being, mm -hmm. just a different way of being, and being doing your work is part of your being, right? Right. Um, Again, non-binary, like break exactly. break down um, the the barrier between work and person. 
And you're right. And so at the time, I uh, I just sensed a really deep uh, need to again redefine mm-hmm. um, the work that I am doing. And I was already aware that it had very much to do with me. So. Um, you know, it's part of that, that the work I do and my personal development, of course, naturally, I mean, that goes hand in hand. And I felt this, I, I hate feeling useless. So uh, it's like, what do you do? I, I, for a long time, I love what I do. I love what I do. I love what I do. But then I suddenly one day, I just had to realize, no, you don't love what you're doing because it is to no accord. You don't, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, it's shallow. It's just lost its sense of usefulness. It used to be useful um, mm-hmm. in the beginning, I'm quite sure. So the question then came up for me, and that was, what is, you know, what is my purpose? So that's back to your question. So what, do I, what is my purpose? So I, I suddenly became aware, and I don't know out of what context, um, <coughs> that this question was really crucial for me to decide how to move on in my life. And um, uh, that was an interesting time for me, actually, um, because I, I didn't know the answer to that. And uh, I felt overwhelmed. And there was something inside of me that held me back. I think it was a limiting belief that when I truly express that what what needs to be expressed that this is not really valuable or it has something to do with my self-esteem I think so it was a it was a really really big personal kind of um, yeah it was a deep personal process to find the right expression right. and there was something and, and and it was also about and and it was also about the work as if the work were something separate from my life kind of thing and um so i had a hard time you know letting go of the of the wish that however i define my personal purpose would be acceptable in the work of business or in the world of business mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing right and that was a real obstacle i mean <laughs> that was just keeping everything back and um actually i remember it was in uh, i went through a, 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 a pretty intensive training in the art of hosting and um and uh and I, I went to that training and I was so raw and so in the middle of this process. And um, through one of the exercises we did there, it just suddenly came up. And it just hit me, really, it hit me because at the time, the, 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 the wording that came up or the expression that came up was, um, how does love manifest in the corporate world? And at the time, it was, I realized that what was actually holding me back of truly expressing, I mean, it wasn't that. I knew it wasn't 
quite there. But the big shift was the word love, to be able to speak it out and to mm. say, this is what it is about. And that was, for me, was like, I mean, I was just in tears. It was like, can I really say that? You know, can I really? And it was less yes, you know? And it was overwhelming. It was really overwhelming. So this is about love <laughs> and yes. And yes. And yes. Yes. Right? Yes. And um, so, and if somebody doesn't like it, what the hell? Mm -hmm. Is business about love? Yes. And that was like, I mean, this was like, you know, jumping and dancing and screaming and saying, well, finally it's out, kind of. Because I'd never even thought it. I just realized at that time that I'd never even dared thinking that in the business world you could be able to, you know, speak that language. Mm -hmm. Why the hell not? Right. You know, it's like, what the hell? I mean, so, yeah, that was big. And if you remove love from, right? Yeah. It's kind of what we have. That's the point. That is the point. And that's what that was. That is the point, you know. And and so if you know what the work that I am doing today. Mm -hmm. So my personal purpose has become cl more clear mm -hmm. since then. Mm -hmm. And um, the way I define it, I can define it today. It is, you know the manifestation of love in the way we do our work in the world. Wow. That is my purpose. And whatever I do for me needs to be supporting spaces where the manifestation of love can happen. Mm -hmm. If I don't feel that what I do actually nourishes that I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. And because of that realization, I, I just started to let go of things I was still doing. I realized this is not, this is not healthy for me. Not to say that, you know, it's, it's not good for the organizations. <clears throat> I mean, other people would, probably take over mm -hmm. like I know there is a lot of good stuff going on in you know HR personal development organizational development whatever but it is not carried by that by love mm -hmm. from my perspective and this is not being judgmental mm -hmm. and so everything shifted and um the interesting thing is that at that time, and that's about, you know, like nine years ago, um, I ran into holacracy. Mm -hmm. And the, 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 the real curiosity is that when I first um, learned about holacracy in an intro workshop, I, I had this feeling it was like it, it's kind of the, it went right right down into me um there is something really deeply meaningful behind that mm -hmm. that 
is not so obvious. Right. And it took me years to actually find out what it is. And it is um, sort of learning the ch learning to go through the challenges of learning it, of living it, of um, of facing the personal development it it just requires, um, fighting it, um, hating it, um, going back to loving it, um, that whole big thing. Finally about five years ago or six years ago, I finally realized what it was. And it is what we learn through holacracy is the differentiation between the organizational and the personal. And how to navigate that. And it is really hard for everybody who first gets sort of confronted with that to grasp and understand the value. I mean, it took me years of that differentiation. So what holacracy does is it is, holacracy governs the organization and not the people. Yeah, we've heard that for years, but what does that really mean? Mm -hmm. And that really means that it completely and thoroughly respects the organization as being a separate entity in service that has a purpose and needs to structure and you know structure itself to do its work in service of the purpose mm -hmm. it is simply the independent entity and then there is us people who need to energize what needs to get done and then we we energize the roles and we energize the roles we 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 are not the roles because we are just still us. Mm -hmm. But if it is about us, that is something, comp us, let's say you and I, mm -hmm. that is something completely different, mm -hmm. separate from what we do as we do the work in service of the purpose of the organization. Mm -hmm. So that learning, the value of that differentiation, which will then leave us, you and I, to face each other completely um, un, what's the word, um, uncovered from the needs of the organization. Mm -hmm. Untethered. Untethered, mm -hmm. pure in our relationship. Mm -hmm. We cannot play it over, we can't play our relationship through work mm -hmm. because when it's about our relationship, we're left to our relationship. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> because the way the organization is self-organized will not allow us to play our relationship through our work. It removes the uh, political posturing and all exactly. that. Exactly. So no micropolitics mm -hmm. uh, and a, a simple sort of like pulling a curtain away between us mm -hmm. and I'm here. And you know, I, I, I'm dealing with myself, I'm dealing with you, I'm dealing with the we, I'm, it's sort of, it's a completely, it is the total freedom to find an own path for this system, mm -hmm. the social system of us individuals. So um, that was a, is a core learning, and today still being a, a, a complete, um, holacracy practitioner and also um, certified coach and 
talking about it a lot and doing stuff like going to Africa about it. So at the, but at the core of my work, I have moved on from um, working purely with and for holacracy mm-hmm. because after having s- sort of seen and learned that and, and also been through the shift with organizations, that differentiation is highly valuable but what it does, it, it rips out a part, makes that differentiation, lets the organizational system develop itself, and leaves the other systems behind. What about the people? What about the people? What about you know, the legal stuff, and so on? So mm-hmm. um, the first thing was, what about the people? Mm-hmm. And then Tom Thomason, who mm-hmm. you've had here, still as a partner of uh, Holacracy One, did a webinar, and he called it the contexts that show up when practicing Holacracy. Okay. And he was the first one to address the other spaces, the personal spaces, and showed that, visually showed that differentiation. And I just I mean, this was for me, it was like, yes, (laughs) okay, that's it. And then uh, um, Tom still being in Holacracy One. Holacracy is about the organization and not the people. Mm -hmm. Um, For Holacracy One, it wasn't interesting to take this forward, so I just took it and started to work with it and started to develop a methodology and um, that is called the language of spaces now, mm-hmm. um, partly together with some colleagues. I started alone, then I had some colleagues who briefly kind of you know, brought their systemic knowledge in, or we kind of combined our systemic knowledge, mm-hmm. and then I started working with people and organizations about how to r- juggle that differentiation. And it has then it's now turned into a very mature um, framework and it's the framework about uh, yeah so I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to go more into that but then sort of let me go back to my purpose which was the beginning of your question mm-hmm. so in both these organizations sort of then you know ENCODE started to arise almost three years ago we started to have the conversation and two years ago than also evolution at work, which are different because um, ENCODE uh, takes self-organization all the way, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for, from the organization's point of view, mm-hmm. um, d- building the structures so that it can be, and evolution at work is about the, the development path of the people into this new world of work mm-hmm. and the capacities needed and the capacity, and, and, and showing a pathway to wholeness. Yes. Um, because wholeness is, or experiencing wholeness is when we are fully who we are, mm-hmm. and it needs certain, it needs self-organization in order to be able to do that, um, <coughs> and it needs building capacities and a lot more. So that's beautiful. So and Encode.org is the company that takes self-organization for a company, all the way to where we're at right now for an enterprise. Yes. We have to, that the wording is really important. For an enterprise. Yes. Yep. And Evolution at Work focuses on the development of the people with uh, kind of a core framework called language of spaces. Right. Okay. Right. 
and that's why you're here in yes, Seattle, right? Yeah, I'm so excited about it. We're actually sitting in the room where we're going to be experiencing the language of spaces workshop yes. all afternoon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow, I'm really excited about being here. I've been wanting to come here. I am too, and I met your uh, business partner, Lori. Lori. Yeah, yes. a month ago or so. Mm-hmm. She's delightful. She is. She's coming, yes. right? Yes, she is. Okay, She's going to be here soon. Um, well, can you give us a teaser? I mean, it's interesting because I don't know that much about language of spaces mm-hmm. except for, you know, the stuff that you've been uh, putting out on the web. But, um, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll try and make it short. Um, so I, I think I want to start with the purpose of evolution at work um, and the purpose of evolution. At Wait a second. Yeah. Did we hear your purpose yet? My personal purpose? Yeah. Yes. Okay, your personal purpose is to is to manifest love within the workplace. Am I getting this close? No, it's a little bit different. Okay, what is it? It's the manifestation of love in the work we do in the world. There we go. Thank you. And that's slightly different. Mm-hmm. Because whatever you consider as the work you do in the world um, might mm-hmm. be singing or mm-hmm. uh, painting or... I don't know, feeding birds. I have no idea. Or, you know, uh, and be in an organization uh, and, I don't know, do whatever. So it's, I I don't, for me, the workplace is an old concept. Mm -hmm. So it's still very real, Right. right? But it's not about, It's not about the workplace, and of course it is. So though there's one of those <laughs> mm-hmm. polarities. Of course it needs organizations and the way organizations do their work in the world yeah. um, to be able to, for, for, for us individuals, to be able to express our work in a loving way, yeah. right? So it doesn't, one doesn't go without the other. But it's us as individuals. I need to, um, the way I do my work, <clears throat> if that is an expression of love, um, you know, whatever that yeah. is. But very sort of on a very big scale, right? Um, then I will also try and find an organization that manifests love in the way it expresses itself in the world. Mm-hmm. So it's it's me and the organization so that there's no direct separation because it all comes down to purpose as, you know, if an organization is clear on its purpose mm-hmm. and then the purpose is an expression of love and care right. for humankind our planet the universe yeah um then me and my personal expression of you know whatever my purpose is there will be alignment and it'll fit together yeah there's a realization of that so i think the purpose conversation that is now you know really going on is just the most valuable conversation yeah. That has been up for a long time. I think a, a very uh, important point, in my opinion, that you're bringing up, though, is you're you're talking about your personal p- 
purpose. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've identified that, and that gives you the ability to express that purpose and engage and seek out the work um, that aligns with your purpose. Yes. But there's a whole nother level that you just described, which is when you're actually doing that, you're entering into this larger ecosystem. And, and then that work, it, your purpose becomes um, manifested within an organization and impacts the world in exactly. that way. So then you're, you're not just going, I'm going to do what I'm passionate about. Because I do think that the purpose conversation does get, uh, it's so talked about now. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, just do it, do what you're passionate about, mm-hmm. and then it's going to work. And and I really appreciate kind of the depth um, that you bring to the purpose. It's a wholeness. Mm-hmm. It's a wholeness to your purpose yes. Yes. that includes other people in it. Yes. What can you be in service of? Like your purpose has to align in service of something greater than yourself yes. for it to have the yes. the kind of impact that you hope for. Yeah and that the world needs. Yeah, and it's actually, it's also a question of scaling, so I can manif- try and, or, or be, be present and uh, aware in this situation now in the way we have our conversation and make this a manifestation of love in the way I appreciate you making this possible in the way the questions you ask and sensing a deep sense of happiness of being able to be here. There's another level of with the organizations I work with, both with the people I work in these organizations and the things that these organizations try to manifest in the world and both I know are trying to create spaces with organizations where in the way people are together is a manifestation of love and what it brings into the world is a manifestation of love, mm-hmm. right? And then the world out there, there is so much, there is so much that can actually move towards being a manifestation of love and care mm-hmm. because if we don't you know there's lots of stuff that isn't like you know robbing our resources and not being careful with our mm-hmm. nature um and so on and so on not being caring about people i don't know i don't want to judge it's just where this world is at the moment mm-hmm. and there's room for improvement <laughs> yeah and, and i think love is the drive yeah i, I couldn't agree with you more and I do think it's uh, it's this culture of externalization mm. that you named and noticed when you were in advertising. And the advertising industry is still doing the exact same thing. It's projecting. It's it's a it's an industry of projection, and it's projecting uh, what they hope um, people will believe, right? And it and it's and it has nothing to do with internalizing the values of, of, of what you're you're bringing in the world so I appreciate the the, the, the full shift from uh, in the advertising industry and and this culture of externalization to going back to the source of love and in and the internal first personally then with the organization and then mm-hmm. beyond it's you there is no you know I've been often asked I it's been a while for me to be able to really freely talk about this purpose to um and for me now it feels like 
really normal because mm -hmm. many sometimes I've been asked, "Wow, that isn't that so big?" And I'm like, "Yeah, and no." Like I said, it can be in the way, you know, I talk to someone in the street or in the way I think about we need to save the planet. <laughs> right. <laughs> Talking about this, you know. Right. Uh, it's it's which is more I don't think we need to save the planet. We need to care for a lot of things. Well, we need to sort of save ourselves too, mm, and I think right. that's what you're getting at. Like right. if if you if saving the planet is is something that's separate from you and that's out there and it's something that needs to be accomplished, it won't happen. Right. You know, we need to change ourselves and and then what comes out of us will change the planet, right? It's the manifestation of love. Right, I, I love it. Just it just always comes back. For me, it always comes back to that. Mm -hmm. um, do you have a, a, a spiritual background? Uh, yeah, um, I do. Uh, and I. it's kind of difficult to, it's difficult to, to describe because, well, I was brought up in a very Catholic way. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went through the whole differentiation of, oh, this is terrible kind mm -hmm. of thing. And then I started, sort of started to look into, you know, different forms of religion, how they express themselves. And in the end, it's all about the same thing. Mm -hmm. And um, so uh, my spiritual practice has come down to um, meditation mm -hmm. um, and... Um, and uh, it's 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 kind of a continuous, and it's 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 expressed in meditation. But it is a ongoing uh, work of being with what is. And I know this is out there a lot and being spoken about a lot. It's something. To, it's with presence. Um, it's with a con this continuous. Um, Actually, it's sort of a moment-to-moment -moment meditation, mm -hmm. if you want to. But I try to practice it through through meditation as mm -hmm. such. And um, the, the 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 general sort of the quest is um, just continuously learning how to be with it, whatever it is, mm -hmm. and being not too harsh with myself when I'm not <laughs> right so right that self-criticism yeah in. and it's it's just it, it and I, I know I don't want to kind of keep coming back to that but it is actually my spiritual practice is continuously asking myself how can I fulfill that purpose mm. because the spiritual expression is love mm -hmm. and it's that what makes everything alive what keeps everything together what is the the source the so it's just the the whole thing that mm -hmm. makes us be who we are that makes the world be as it is and it's also a challenge to say okay the world is as it is because of love mm -hmm. and that's that's a big challenge um if you look at things that you don't like or that are brutal or that are horrible mm -hmm. um, you know sickness hunger whatever so yeah that's yeah an ongoing journey yeah I, I like that I like how you ask a question and that and that drives your spirituality 
instead of naming what it is, you're you're inquiring about it's it continuously. And and then it's kind of like the idea of like we're all conduits, right? Of of the love and and most of the time, if we're not present, we're just we're not we're sort of like the switch is off, and we're not allowing that exchange that that love exchange and that energy that we want and desire because when we feel it it makes us feel so good um and it makes everything around us i mean it's sort of like a, a manifestation of love does create the world that we want yes that's what i believe yeah that's what i believe and, and we need to practice these things to help us get yeah. out of the way of ourselves right and it's like it's a it's a path i mean it's where we are now in our world um is is where i mean we're all part of it mm -hmm. we created it everything so i think the really important part is of to 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 get away from you know blaming pointing fingers yeah. uh it's just it's not going to help us that is not an expression of love <laughs> um we actually started out in the sort of uh you know what 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 is the 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 framework of the language of spaces and i i kind of started with the purpose yeah of and i completely interrupted you it doesn't matter <laughs> i loved where our conversation went completely yeah but i i just thought okay where did this question start yeah. i mean that's it's one of the things i love about having a conversation with you it always goes into depth which is awesome yeah um so we, we did talk about wholeness and um i mean you know, going back to Frederick Leloux's book, who that really sort of made a huge shift in the world, which is what he is really, I mean, that's awesome what he did with that book. Reinventing um, organizations. Reinventing organizations, yes. So good. Definitely um, pick it up. Yeah, and um, he's just, what he does is, I mean, he looks at, 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 at the shift that is happening, and not only since yesterday, but actually sort of since a very long time. Mm -hmm. He kind of shows it on a developmental map, and um, uh, looking at organizations that have been, you know, shifting their practices, the way how they express purpose, evolutionary purpose in the world, and he names like these three parts, which is uh, sort of evolutionary purpose, self-management, and um, wholeness. And um, on that journey of, you know, my personal purpose the organizations I work for in evolution at work, it kind of sort of was clear that, you know, wholeness is a personal, um, it is, it is deeply personal, um, and also very scary because it requires us to be vulnerable, to show ourselves as we are, but it also enables us to bring our full potential out there and just to trust that it will be good mm -hmm. and that is very scary because we have not been our systems have not been teaching us to really be who we are and coming back to advertising i mean we are continuously told that we should be something else than we are mm -hmm. right thinner thicker bluer eyes uh blonder hair whatever we're um, one click away a larger car <laughs> uh whatever yeah. you know it's just continuously in order but that's the way things are. So uh, wholeness is about something completely different. It's about truly being who you are and not becoming who you think you should be. Mm -hmm. And 
really from a personal perspective, I think this is the ultimate expression of love, loving myself, loving the world, and being with it as completely who I am. And that is a deep personal transformation. And for us as individuals and for organizations, because what Evolution at Work is about is wholeness at work, there needs to be the system and the people that, that fit in order to, to express wholeness. In a sense of a wholeness is not, you always whole, you are whole. It is not that we as individuals, we are whole. We just don't experience our wholeness. Mm -hmm. And what evolution at work, through its framework that it is offering now, the language of spaces, is the framework to enable and increase the capacity of experiencing our own wholeness. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, there are some specific capacities, skills, capacities, I like that word better, mm -hmm. um, are necessary. And uh, so one of them is the differentiation and reintegration. Mm -hmm. And this is the first practice um, that the, the language of spaces offers, which you're going to see this afternoon. Mm -hmm. So it's about being able to differentiate. Um, and then look at it from various perspectives and what then, the integration. So, mm -hmm. of course, the the pattern of development, we know that, Differ first differentiating and then reintegrating. Yeah. The second one is purpose alignment. The, you, this is something that is a capacity. You can only align if you know <laughs> the purposes. Right. So this is about knowing your own purpose and finding a context where you make a conscious decision of this is where I want to be. Mm -hmm. Without purpose, there is no wholeness. Right. You know, the third one is um, we're still we're still struggling with the right word, but it's self knowledge. It's knowing yourself, right? To be able to then bring it out, mm -hmm. knowing, and that'll help you knowing others as well. Mm -hmm. And the fourth one is inner leadership. So it's okay. really holding the responsibility and leading yourself. So, and the language of spaces is the framework under which um, evolution at work offers the spaces to develop these capacities okay. towards wholeness at work. I love it. It's, it's deep, it's thoughtful, um, it's needed. It's very exciting. <laughs> I'm so glad you're excited about it, I can tell. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, it, really. It, it really is deep work. I mean, and mm -hmm. it's um, the reintegration is is not something that happens very quickly. Um, so I'm curious about how you work with that because um, I feel like you can have a, a transformative moment that um, allows you to step out and to get that perspective. And once you have it, you can't step back in because you have the, you know, you've seen it, you've seen it differently, right? But then there's a path, and there's there's time, you know, that 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 has to uh, create space for you to slowly reintegrate. Well, I think it depends on what level. That's there. You go. Thank you. Yeah. So, if I am in a situation today. And I feel stuck, maybe frustrated, um, 
and uh, we know that this sort of limits our peripheral view. We start to get tight. Mm -hmm. um, and the question here is, you know, how do we get out of that tightness? Mm -hmm. And and how can, how do we get into a state of opening up and breathing again? Mm -hmm. um, where is th I think it needs that state to 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 be more clear on what do I need now? What does somebody else need? What does the situation need? Yeah. And there we are already in the differentiation. Yep. And that needs a practice, a methodology, and mm -hmm. that is a methodology that you're going to see this afternoon. Mm. And then the reintegration is, it, it, so it is all about, it, it is always there together anyway. It's not that through the, the possibility of differentiating and seeing the various perspectives, uh, your, I think your life doesn't really leave you any choice other than integrate it in a way. Right. But if you integrate it randomly, then you're kind of helpless towards your yes. destiny. If you integrate consciously, um, that's a different that's a different thing. Aligned with your purpose. Aligned with your purpose and yep. what you sense mm -hmm. right now, what is needed now. So we're back into the present moment. Mm -hmm. It's also you know this capacity of. Of, of being here with what is needed now mm -hmm. and letting go of you know if then kind of the, the, the sort of the predicting mode yeah. that we tend to live in yeah plan and predict it's it's all future mindset mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well. yeah this is very much about the present moment yeah and this is how we in evolution at work you know we've, we have these really deep conversations about wholeness and what do we mean by wholeness and it really comes down to we always are whole mm -hmm. there is nothing missing and wholeness is not a state it's an experience we experience moments of wholeness because we enable this experience mm -hmm. but it is a question of knowing myself of self-leadership of being aware of your purpose and knowing what you're doing and um, and that differentiation and integration capacity because then you have a moment and it'll and then being present and aware and actually realizing <laughs> this is a moment where I feel whole mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. so and acknowledging that this is it's like happiness happiness yeah. is not a state Happiness is the capacity to know that there is there are so many opportunities for happiness, mm -hmm. right? And if we always wait for something that isn't, we just don't experience happiness. Yeah. But when we're kind of alert and present and mm -hmm. say, ah, look at this, isn't that awesome? This is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Kind of, you know, allowing this to pop up and experiencing the way we are in the world as an expression of wholeness mm -hmm. in a moment and becoming aware of that, knowing it, capturing it. Oh my God. I think that's Lori. Yes. I think I she's think banging she needs on us. To. Yes. Uh, oh, she needs to come in. Yes. All right, I'll just get it. Oh, she's bringing the food in. Oh my God. Okay, the workshop people are here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we're going to have to wrap this up. Um, what I wanted to do is just wrap up with a couple of quick hits. Okay. I'm gonna ask, ask you some questions, and you can, and you can just answer. Okay. Yeah. 
Go ahead. <laughs> so you got to be present for this. <laughs> yeah, okay. What's that? <laughs> um, so in, in this new world of work, um, what is bringing you hope? It's happening. It's happening. There is no way it's not going to happen. It is happening. Yes, it is happening. I love it. Um, what has been the most surprising thing for you in 2017? That I went nomad and that it's actually really cool. <laughs> and, uh, cool. and actually the development evolution at work is taking. Mm -hmm. I know I was supposed to do one. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you can take as long as you want. The energy I'm just gonna that keep is just awesome. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, when you don't have the internet, what do you do? Read. Awesome. Um, what are your top three places in the world? Uh, Northern California. Um, um, the, the national parks in Africa. And um, hmm, the third... Yeah, Tuscany. <laughs> Tuscany, man, those are awesome. <laughs> um, why are you resisting Seattle as your home when the calling is so strong? Oh, my God, I'm not <laughs> resisting it. Actually, I really intend to spend much more time here. <laughs> I really like being here. I have awesome friends. So that's really the reason to come and be here. Yeah. Uh, well, we love having you. Oh. Um, how's your book coming along? Well... I have a project to start the structure. Come on. For real? <laughs> no, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Language of Spaces book Language coming out in 2018, book. folks. Oh, my God. I'm going <laughs> to need some help. Can you help me? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, cool. Absolutely. Oh, that's really exciting. Mm -hmm. um, what are you doing when you feel the most beautiful? Hmm. That happens very randomly I think I smile <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think I smile what are you doing I am in conversation mm -hmm. I am in conversation it's an energy mm -hmm. I think it's energy is beauty to me yeah what are you most curious about life um what am I most curious about? How does anything that makes life deep, full, rich, I don't know. It's the, con it's the continuous search for opportunities that, f that just feel good. Mm -hmm. Good in a, good, in a very broad sense. I'm mm -hmm. continuously looking for ways to, <coughs> in, I guess, to express love. <laughs> I mm -hmm. don't know. I think that's it. Well, you're doing it. I mean, the through lines for this podcast is curiosity, compassion, and courage. And, I mean, cu curiosity is through and through, you know, what has brought you through the different phases of your story. Yeah. Um, compassion is at the heart mm. of Compassion to me is like a manifestation of love mm -hmm. in the world. I agree. Um, and the courage that you have to continue to be uh, innovative, thoughtful, um, to start things, and and uh, and to risk 
and to move into new places is 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 really um, a joy to experience. Hard for me to say something. I feel humbled. Um, are you talking about me? I don't know. <laughs> it is you. Yeah. Thank you for saying these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for all the work you're doing. Thank you for this conversation. Yeah. Joel. So, um, if people want to find you, what's the best way to, for them to connect with you? Okay. Go to uh, um, evolutionatwork.org or to encode.org and just send a message. I am bound to be back in touch. Mm hmm. Um, yeah. And you can find Christiana in Japan. You can find her in Australia, back in Europe, and, and on Facebook. And on Facebook, right. Uh, I know. Isn't that fun? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we get to see what we're up to. It's a connecting thing. Yeah. Yeah, depending yeah. on how you want to connect. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, when are you coming back to Seattle? Actually, in January. Oh, you are? Yes. And oh. I'm probably, I'm thinking of, you know, hope I'll be able to deliver a whole day workshop there oh, on the language of spaces. Great. Yeah, let's see what our participants think of it, including you. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Well, okay. I'm delighted to be here, and I can't wait to experience it. Thank you, Joel, for this. This has been such a pleasure and really touching and humbling. Um, your words are just really very inspiring and Thank you. giving me motivation. Christiana Sue Scholler, pretty amazing person, I told you. Oh, that was a great conversation, and I'm really delighted that I was able to share that with you guys. And I just want to say in closing, you know, I really, again, appreciate everybody out there who's listening into this and who has been um, interacting with these conversations and these people along with me. It really has been quite a journey this year, and I'm looking forward to continue it in 2018. We've got some exciting things coming down the pike, so stay tuned for that. And... Um, Hey, if you're in Seattle this week, um, December 17th, I'm going to be out in Chasty Green Space uh, with the local community. We're going to be uh, pulling some weeds out there, planting some trees, and, and really enjoying each other in this holiday season. We'll have some coffee, some free coffee from Tin Umbrella. Uh, pizzas are getting donated from Pagliacci, so it should be a good time. And if you want to uh, come out there and hang out, it is family-friendly and it starts at 9 a.m., so you can get details about that at chesty.org, that's C-H-E-A-S-T-Y.org. And if you want to just uh, connect with me or reach out to me about anything, uh, you can find more about my work at lyman.space, that's L-I-M-E-N dot space. And I'll also be posting the show notes from this show up there, too. So swing on over there check it out and most importantly have yourself a wonderful wonderful holiday season um enjoy it take some space enjoy each other and spread the love all right everybody 2017 peace out